Heavenly Father, we do thank you, God, for, for who you are, Lord, and our ability to come here freely and to study your word. We ask that you bless it as we go through the second chapter of Daniel. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Today, we're going to go through Daniel chapter 2. This is Nebuchadnezzar's dream. All right. In this section, we're going to go through chapter 2. Daniel is now at the end of his trial period. So he has been there for a little over three years. Um, He interviews with Nebuchadnezzar, and he's put on the king's personal staff. Uh, the chapter starts with a dream. Uh, just so you know, dreams come in two types, good and bad. Everybody says, I'm living the dream. I always have to ask them, well, which type of dream are you living? All right, little background, okay? I'm going to try to go through a little background uh, every week. This will be much shorter than yesterday, uh, last week. So a little background. This is after the Battle of Kashmir, Nebuchadnezzar... Uh, laid siege to Jerusalem for a third time. Uh, during this siege, he discovers that his father had died. This is when Nebuchadnezzar becomes king. Okay, up until this point, he's the general of the army. Okay, he sets up a vassal king and returns to Babylon to become king. Uh, he inherits uh, the soothsayers um, from his father, and he doesn't know whether they are valid or not. So he wants to test them to see if they can, if they're con artist, or can they do what they claim that they can do. Okay, Nebuchadnezzar ruled uh, Nebupal- Nebupalazar, which was Nebuchadnezzar's father. You'd think they'd have easier names. Um, he ruled from 625 to 605 BC. He is the king of Babylon that actually defeated the Assyrians. It wasn't Nebuchadnezzar was the general, but his father was king at the time. Uh, Nebuchadnezzar is now king. He he reigns from 605 to 562 BC. Um, Luke 21, 24 refers to this period, even up until now, as the time of the Gentiles. Chapter 2, verse 1. Now in the second year of Nebuchadnezzar's reign, Nebuchadnezzar had dreams, and his spirit was so troubled that his sleep left him. So this was not one of the good dreams. It it really bothered him. Um, He's upset with his dreams, and he wants some answers. So this is a good test for all of the sages that Nebuchadnezzar has on his staff, and that includes Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Um, how many of you have had dreams so troubling that you could no longer sleep? <laughs> okay, I have. Um, you know, you, you really have no control over your dreams. What just happened? Hey, guys. Something just happened to that back. There you go. All right. Uh, the back screen is all messed up. It is five times bigger than it should be.
technology. You've got to love it when it works. What's that? All right, there we go. Okay, so in verse uh, Daniel 2, 2, it says, Then the king gave the command to call the magicians, the astrologers, the sorcerers, and the Chaldeans to tell the king his dream. So they came and stood before the king. So this entire cast of characters really falls under the soothsayers. Um, magicians, astrologers, sorcerers, and Chaldeans came to the king uh, to tell the king his dream his dream so that they came and could stood before the king and the king said to them verse three uh the chaldean is a first of all chaldean is a title in this case okay chaldean is also a ethnic condition this is also a region around babylon chaldea uh when you hear the term the context will determine how what the word refers to Okay, Daniel 2, 3 and 4, and it says, The king said to them, I have had a dream, and my spirit is anxious to know the dream. Then the Chaldeans spoke king to the king in Aramaic, O king, live forever, tell your servants the dream, and we will give the interpretation. All right, so Nebuchadnezzar sets the scene. He wants to know the dream. Okay. Um, what do the what do the soothsayers, the Chaldeans say? Well, tell us what it is, and I'll tell you what it means. How many can tell someone what they dreamt, let alone what the dream truly means? You know, there are a lot of people out there who, who will tell you that they can interpret a dream, but you need to tell them what the dream is. Well, Nebuchadnezzar is no dummy. Uh, I, personally believe, I personally believe Nebuchadnezzar actually knew what the dream was. He was testing these guys. Uh, they said, tell us the dream, and we will tell you what it means. Um, they could make anything up from a dream that they were told about. Anything up. You know, the last three kings of Israel paid a price for going to people who couldn't truly tell you what God was telling them. Israel is in this predicament that they're in, in exile in Babylon, because the three preceding kings didn't listen to the prophets of God. Daniel 2, 5 and 6. The king answered and said to the Chaldeans, My decision is firm. If you do not make known the dream to me and its interpretation, you shall be cut in pieces and your houses shall be made an ash heap. However, if you tell me the dream and its interpretation, you shall receive from me gifts, rewards, and great honor. Therefore, tell me the dream and its interpretation. So this is a good test for prophets, right? If you're truly from God, what's, what's the... Old Testament tests to prove whether a prophet is a prophet of God or a false prophet. Anybody know? Huh? Right. There's always a short-term prophecy that comes true. 
It's both long-term and short-term, but they have to prove that they are a true prophet of God. If it doesn't come true, what, are this, what is the punishment? They're stoned to death. God took this very seriously. Okay, Nebuchadnezzar's career development program, that's what I call this. Okay, his career development program laid out <clears throat> for the advisors. So if you want to continue to progress, guys, here's what you got to do. The career development program is pretty simple. Okay, how many of you have had a career development program presented to you? I mean, I spent a lot of time, a lot of many years in the military, and when I was enlisted, I had a career development program, and then when I became an officer, I had a career development program. I knew what I had to do in order to get to a certain level, right? That's the career development program. Well, Nebuchadnezzar laid out these guys' career development program. There are two elements. Usually there are a lot of elements, but there's only two. Hmm. There we go. Don't tell me what I want to know. You become an ash heap. Oh, yeah, and your family does with you. Tell me what I want to know, and I'll reward you with gifts and many things. So that's a pretty simple career, career path. You got two options. Tell me what I don't know, or don't tell me what I want to know. That's a, that's, that's a good point. That is the original upper out, right? This is also known in explaining things more clearly. Right? They, if they had any doubt about what Nebuchadnezzar was talking about, this should clear things up. So one of the great things about a career plan is, is to know precisely what it is you need to do. Well, the, Nebuchadnezzar gives them that. Um, as we talked about last week, Nebuchadnezzar didn't make idle threats. He would kill an entire family in front of the condemned before putting him, putting the condemned to death. What a way to go. Uh, he's smart enough to know that if they could interpret the dream, they should be able to tell him what the dream was. Right? So... Um, you know, you've got these charlatans out there who claim that they can tell you your future and read palms and all of that. You know, it's a parlor trick because they, they ask a lot of questions and out of your answers that you don't even realize is happening, they can put together a story. You know, you have, I'm, I'm... I'm feeling that somebody whose first name starts with a C is doing, is having problems. You know, and I got a crowd of a thousand. Well, what are the odds of somebody not, not having that? So it's pretty simple to do. Yeah. If they knew, if they could tell him without him telling them what the dream was. But he's not smart enough to realize that's impossible. That what? That's impossible for anybody to tell him. Stand by. We'll get to that. Daniel chapter 2, verses 7 and 8. Remember, 
at this period of time, there wasn't anybody that didn't believe in God or gods. So they believed that there was an order that was outside of the material world. And you'll see that here coming up. Daniel chapter 2, verses 7 and 8, and it says, They answered again and said, Let the king tell his servants the dream, and we will give you its interpretation. So here the, the Chaldeans are saying, Uh-oh, this is not how this works, Bubba. You need to tell us the dream so we can tell you what it means. Well, what do you think Nebuchadnezzar's response was? The king answered and said, I know for certain that you would gain time because you see that my decision is firm. Well, if you walked in to your boss and he, he gave you these types of options, what, what do you think is happening in your inner gut right now? Huh? Oh, whatever I can do to stall because I don't know what this guy's dream is. And what do you mean he doesn't know? That's why I believe Nebuchadnezzar knew he was testing these guys. You're going to buy for time. And you might want to wear brown britches. Go ahead. Oh, I know. Oh, yeah. That's why I believe Nebuchadnezzar knew what this dream was. Chapter 2, verse 7 and 8. All right, eight. The king answered and said, I know for certain that you would gain time because you see that my decision is firm. Understandably, these guys were a little concerned. They didn't have a clue about the dream. What, was the, what the king was asking wasn't reasonable. And frankly, if, you got, if your wife leaned over to you after having a bad dream about you, and she said, I just had a dream, you need to tell me what it was, you would think that was unreasonable. Not that your wife would ever ask anything unreasonable. <laughs> Nebuchadnezzar was having none of it. Daniel 2.9. Uh, if you do not make known the dream to me, this is the only one, this is the, this is only one, there is only one decree for you. For you have agreed to speak, you have agreed to speak lying and corrupt words before me till the time has changed. Therefore, tell me the dream, and I shall know that you can give me its interpretation. So Nebuchadnezzar has figured this out. Right? You guys are just stalling for time. You either tell me the dream, or you're toast. If not, you're a goner. 2, 10 and 11. The Chaldean answered the king and said, there is not a man on earth who can tell the king's matter. Therefore, no king, lord, or ruler has ever asked such things of any magician, astrologer, or Chaldean. The Chaldeans now are in a panic, and they point out the obvious. To your point, Tom, they point out the obvious. That's not possible. For this reason, the king was angry and very furious and gave the commands to destroy the wise men of Babylon. All right, the king says, enough is enough. You guys, you guys are obviously charlatans. And I'm going to go by what I told you. And they start, they go out and they start killing that. And the charlatans were right. No flesh 
can answer this demand. Out of the mouths of unbelievers comes truth. In this case, that's what it was. So it's just the magicians. Magicians, soothsayers, Chaldeans. These were the seers, the ones who claimed to know, be able to know the future, the wise men of Babylon who advised the king. Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were part of this group. So um, in the New Testament, anybody remember what Caiaphas, the high priest, said about Christ? Huh? Well, yes, but what I'm looking... Go ahead. There you go. Caiaphas prophesied about Christ. It is, it is expedient that one man die for an entire nation than an entire nation, right? So he was actually, without even knowing it, speaking the truth about Christ, that he was going to die for the nation of Israel as well as us so that we wouldn't have we wouldn't have to perish Daniel 2:12 For this reason the king was angry and very furious and gave the command to destroy all the wise men of Babylon Nebuchadnezzar is eliminating an entire job description and reducing headcount So he's going to save a lot of money on food he won't have to feed these guys he, he can get a smaller palace because he won't have to have the room to house them all. There's a lot of benefits to getting rid of these guys. Um, he exposes them for what they are. False prophets. Charlatans. And Nebuchadnezzar was not a pleasant guy. Daniel and his friends are in this category. And are affected by this decree. So... Where was Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego when the king was actually addressing the, the charlatans, the magicians, the Shadian? He wasn't there because he didn't know what the decree was, and we're going to see that. Uh. Verse 13, so the decree went out and they began killing the wise men and they sought Daniel and his companions to kill them. So they were specifically going after Daniel and his companions. Why do you think that is? Oh, I know, but... but That's true but they also were going after them early on in the process of killing because there was still a lot of these guys left. Well, first of all, who are they? Are they Chaldeans? Are they Babylonians? Nope. They're foreigners. They're Jews. They were captured, brought in as servants, slaves, um, and they just happened to go before the king. Daniel, uh, let's see. 
Now they go specifically for Daniel and his companions. Uh, They were looking to kill them in the way it's happening to the others. Now, uh, Daniel 2, 14 and 15, it says, Then with counsel and wisdom, Daniel answered Arioch, the captain of the king's guard. So Arioch was not only the captain of the king's guard, he was the chief executioner of the king. So he was the guy responsible that all responsible for ensuring that all these guys are made ash heaps, are killed. Who had gone out to kill the wise men of Babylon. He answered and said to Arioch, the king's captain, Why is this decree from the king so urgent? Then Arioch made the decision known to Daniel. Daniel addresses Arioch about what is happening. You know, you imagine you're kind of sitting there and the four of you are sitting around a table and they break down your door and they said, you're dead. What's happening? Arioch is the captain of the king's guard as well as the chief executioner. Arioch actually listens to Daniel. Remember, When Nebuchadnezzar gave a command, it was carried out to the letter, or you died, the person who didn't carry it out to the letter. But why do you think Arioch actually listened to Daniel? Huh? Well, there certainly is that, but go ahead. Agree, but I also think Arioch was probably knowledgeable of buddies with the the uh, chief eunuch, the guy who actually trained Daniel, who was the first one to take a risk on Daniel. So they probably had knowledge of each other or were close friends because everybody was in the palace. Um, but to have Arioch listen to Daniel and not the others, go ahead. Oh, I'm sure it did. Just this whole demeanor did. And amazingly, he answers Daniel's question. Right? Daniel 16. 2.16. So Daniel went in and asked the king to give him time that he might tell the king the interpretation. The king is mad beyond description, so he orders Arioch to kill all, kill them all, and this upstart Hebrew comes in and asks for more time. What was the king's first answer to the Chaldeans for more time? Oh, I thought you were raising it. At this point, what has he got to lose? What's that? At this point, what's he got to lose? Well, I know. That's a true statement, but that's a gutsy, that is a gutsy move. Daniel asked the king for more time. 
This is an incredibly gutsy move by Daniel since the king has already accused the others of simply stalling for more time. Why, why did he even address Daniel? Why did he accept Daniel to come in? Go ahead. Go ahead. Got it. You just, you just nailed it. That the king had already figured Daniel was pretty impressive. He wasn't with the original group that asked the question. So Daniel says, give me time and I'll give you the interpretation. 17 through 19. Then Daniel went to his house and made the decision known to Hananiah, Meshiel, and Azariah, or Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, his companions that they might seek mercies from the God of heaven concerning this secret so that Daniel and his companions might not perish with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. So what's the first thing that Daniel does when the king says, okay, you got 10 minutes. Well, it wasn't 10 minutes, but okay, you got 10 minutes. What's the first thing Daniel does? He goes back to his buddies and they form a little prayer group and they start praying. And probably this was one of the more anxious prayers, for sure. Because <laughs> if he doesn't get the answer, he'll be, meet, he'll be meeting Abraham in Abraham's bosom. Daniel first tells his companions what's going on, then they pray. You know, all too often, we only pray when something bad happens, Right? We are, I, you, you see a lot of things come out and says, well, God is good because whatever was ailing you or whatever problem was, that it's solved. Folks, God is good regardless. Go ahead, Vince. All right, don't don't steal my thunder. <laughs> I'm going to get there. Go ahead. Right, but uh, I would disagree in one point. Daniel doesn't think he can interpret the dream. Well, he knew God had given Got it. Yeah, that that. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Then they pray. God reveals the secret to Daniel. Uh, what's their reaction to God's answer to their prayer? Then the secret was revealed to Daniel in a night vision. So Daniel did what? He blessed the God of heaven. Right? Daniel knew what side his bread was buttered. To put a colloquialism. He knew. Daniel 20 to 23. Daniel answered and said, Blessed be the name of God forever and ever, for wisdom and might are his. So first of all, Daniel, figured, he knows who God is. 
He knows God. And he changes the times and the seasons. He removes kings and raises up kings. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. He reveals the deep secret things. He knows what is in the darkness and light dwells with him. I thank you and praise you, O God of my fathers. You have given me wisdom and might and have now made known to me what we ask of you, for you have made known us the king's demand. So, God gave Daniel the answer. Not only he gave him the dream and what the dream actually meant. So Daniel wasn't going in thinking, look at me, buddy. I can do it. The rest of the guys, get rid of them. Most people would take credit for being able to meet the king's demands, but Daniel gives credit to where credit truly belongs. He gives it to God. Daniel's wisdom comes from not, not from himself, but from the, good, from the God of gods. So, you know, with a lifetime in the military, either active duty or civilian, I'll tell you what, there's nothing like blowhards that are going out there and say, boss, look at me. Look at I did. Taking credit for things that they didn't do. That, that, Vince, that happens quite frequently, didn't it? Um, Daniel 24, 224. Therefore Daniel went to Arioch, whom the king had appointed to destroy the wise men of Babylon. And he went and said thus to him, Do not destroy the wise men of Babylon. Take me before the king, and I will tell the king the interpretation. So, what does Daniel go to Arioch and tell him? Stop the killing. Don't kill all these guys. I'll make known the, what the king requested. Understand. Oh, it has to be at least one night. Yeah, because he, he revealed, God revealed to him in a dream. Right? So, yeah. Oh, I agree. And one of the problems with when we read Scripture is we tend to put our mindset over the top of it. When in reality, um, when we think of traveling 500 miles, that's no big deal. That's less than a day's travel. Well, 500 miles back then might take you three months. So things don't move nearly as quickly. They don't have the Internet. They don't have texting. They don't have iPhones. Um, things happen rather slowly. Some have. Not all of them, but some have. Um, but the, Daniel saves the rest of them. He saves their bacon. Daniel protects the Chaldeans and prevents them from immediate destruction. <clears throat> Daniel 2.25 I love this one. Then Ariok quickly brought Daniel before the king and said to, thus to him, I have found a man of the captives of Judah who will make known to the king the interpretation. Boss, uh, so typical of human nature, take credit for everything, though you, you had nothing to do with it. Yeah. 
That is so typical. So he goes in, he says, boss, I solved an incredibly difficult problem for you. I know this is what you said, but I found the guy. I did it. I know. Well, but, but Ariok says he found him. This is the guy. This is the guy. Look at me. Right? So, and this is, this is very common. Daniel 2.26. The king answered and said to Daniel, whose name was Belshazzar, Are you able to make known to me the dream which I have seen and its interpretation? Admittedly, the king was a little skeptical. Right? The king was a little skeptical. If, you know, you're laying next to your wife and she says, I had a dream, tell me what it, what it is. And, and you roll over and says, okay, here's what it is. Here's what it was. You'd be a little skeptical. You'd be a little skeptical. Uh, the real question from the king, can you tell me the dream? That's the real question. Not the interpretation, but the dream itself. The answer will determine if you live or die. So Daniel was putting it all on the line. The king, go ahead. Oh, yeah. It's, it's a lot of detail. Exactly. Because in other words, if, if you can tell me what the dream was without me telling you, I know you know the answer. Whoops, going backwards. Can you go 27 to 30? Daniel answered the, in the presence of the king, the secret which the king has demanded, the wise men, the astrologers, and the magicians, and the soothsayers cannot declare to the king. Amen. As for you, O king, thoughts came to your mind while on your bed about what would come to pass after this. And he who reveals secrets has made known to you what will be. For as for me, this secret has not been revealed to me because I have more wisdom than anyone. So this is the humility of Daniel. I have not more wisdom than anyone living. But, but for our sakes, uh, who make known the interpretation to the king, and that you may know the thoughts of your heart. So the king says, Daniel, can you tell me the dream? Uh, not me. But I'll tell you who can. Right? So, however, the one true God can show the secret things. Uh, Daniel's answer shows his character and his chutzpah. That's a Yiddish word for guts, or however you want to interpret it. So Daniel had some chutzpah when he can go in and say, Yep, I can do it, but not me. It's the God of heaven. How many of us would be willing to stand for our faith in the face of near certain death? 
I personally believe that it's coming. Understand that all the Babylonian wise men are most likely in the presence of the king when Daniel is doing this as well. So, you know, I've sat in many a meeting, and I know Vince has. You sit in many a meeting with the, with the military, and uh, you've got some upstart who's showing everybody up. The reaction is normally not good from the crowd against the upstart. Daniel sets the stage for one of the greatest uh, upstaging in world history. Now the dream. Uh, 21, 31 through 35. Uh, You, O king, were watching, and behold, a great image. This great image, whose splendor was excellent, stood before you, and its form was awesome. This This image's head was of fine gold, the chest and arms of silver, its belly and thighs of bronze, its legs of iron, and its feet partly of iron and partly of clay. You watched while a stone was cut out without hands. Now that should get your attention. It's cut out without hands, which struck the image on its feet of iron and clay and broke them to pieces. Then the iron and the clay and bronze and the silver and the gold were crushed together and became like chaff from the summer threshing floors. The wind carried them away so that no trace of them was found. And the stone that struck the image became a great mountain and filled the entire earth. Wow. So Daniel tells the king what the dream was. Um, Can you imagine the king's surprise? This guy can tell me what I dreamt. Now that is somebody you could... Okay, you got it, Daniel. The the interpretation I know is going to be true. Okay? He's now on the edge of his seat to hear the interpretation of the dream. Now the interpretation. This is, uh, this is the dream. Now we tell the interpretation of it uh, before the king. You, O king, are king of kings, for the God of heaven has given you the kingdom of power and strength and glory. And wherever the children of men dwell, or the beasts of the field and the birds of heaven, has given them into your hand. And he has made you ruler over them all. You are this head of gold. Okay, well, that's pretty good. Uh, But after you shall arise another kingdom inferior to yours, then another, a third kingdom of bronze, which shall rule over all the earth. And a fourth kingdom shall be as strong as iron, inasmuch inasmuch as iron breaks in pieces and shatters everything. And like iron that, that crushes, the kingdom will break in pieces and crush all the others. Whereas you saw the feet of toes, partly of potter's clay and partly of iron, the kingdom shall be divided, yet the strength of iron shall be in it, just as you saw the iron mixed with ceramic clay. And as for the toes of the feet were partly of iron and partly of clay, so the kingdom shall be partly strong and partly fragile. And you saw the iron mixed with ceramic, uh, with ceramic clay, and they will mingle with the seed of men, but they will not adhere to one another, just as iron does not mix with clay. And in the days... Okay, so the interpretation. Daniel tells the king in detail what the dream was, what it meant. So here, here's, the, here's kind of a, an image of what, the, what it was. 
So you got Babylon, Persia, Greece, Rome. Okay. Then you have the final kingdom that's about to come. And we know that because in future dreams that Daniel has, okay, he points this out. So Daniel 2.43. I want to look at this for a second. As you saw iron mixed with ceramic clay, they will mingle with the seed of men, but they will not adhere to one another just as iron does not mix with clay. What in the world does that mean? That they will mingle with the seed of men. And I'll tell you what, there's for every, well, you put 10 people in a room, you're going to get 12 different answers, right, to what this actually means. This is not an easy question to answer. Who are they? Anybody got any ideas? Well, here's, here's kind of the, um, huh? They will mingle with the seed of men. Yep. Mm-hmm. That doesn't answer the who they are question, though. You're right. That, that is in Revelation. But in this case, who are they? They will mingle with the seed of men. Not an easy question. But I know you can't read this, or maybe you can. Um, so I got this out of Barnes Notes. This happens to be the majority opinion, and that is when this final kingdom comes into existence before Christ's kingdom, that they will, that these people will mix with other people, in essence. So, in other words, for example, it says up there, let's see. There you go. Men with inferior class. So you got, you got the, the higher-ups, and if you follow any of this, right now there's um, meetings going on to determine the future of the global economy. Whatever. So that's, this is what I personally think it is. But there are, for every, for every one person, there's three opinions. So... That's a tough question. Who they are and what are they? What are they? Ming, what does it mean when they they mingle with the seed of men? So now Daniel's rewarded. The king Nebuchadnezzar fell on his face, prostrate before Daniel, and commanded that they should present an offering of incense to him. So <laughs> it isn't very often where a king like Nebuchadnezzar falls on his face before one of his aides. The king answered Daniel and said, Truly your God is the God of gods, the Lord of kings, and revealer of secrets, since since you could reveal the secret. Then the king promoted Daniel and gave him many gifts, and he made him ruler over the whole province of Babylon and chief administrator over all the wise men of Babylon. So think of the Chaldeans now. Oh, boy. Now we got this guy who's going to be leader of us. He just got here three years ago. Also, Daniel petitioned the king, and he set Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego over the affairs of the province of Babylon, but Daniel sat at the gate of the king. So Daniel not only was getting promoted, he says, uh, Boss, these three I couldn't have done it without these three guys. They need to come with me. And the king 
the king gave him his request. Also, Daniel... Uh, okay, so... Any questions? We've now gone through Daniel chapter 2. Questions, comments? I see a very strong parallel here between him and Joseph. When Joseph interprets the dream to Pharaoh, and then Pharaoh's like, this guy has it together. I'm going to put him in charge of this stuff. Um, amazingly, Daniel and Joseph are the only two people in the Bible besides Christ who have nothing negative said about them. Huh. And they're both bureaucrats. So <laughs> I find, I find, go ahead. That's right. And it lasts forever. Absolutely no part. Go ahead. Can you raise your voice? Well, Melchizedek is not mentioned in the book of Daniel. I don't I, I, I know. Well, Melchizedek is mentioned in a couple of three verses. So, depends on who you think Melchizedek was, whether that applies or not. Most, a good number think that it was a uh, Christophany. Marianne, did you have something? she said <laughs> so do me a favor next week when we when we do this you get questions i need you to speak in your outside voice pretend you're a teenager and your brother or sister and you you and you and him or her are fighting there's only so far i can go up <laughs> all right let's close in prayer Heavenly Father, we do thank you, God, for the day. We thank you, Lord, for you are the God of gods. Lord, that you, you are ultimately in control, and you know the end from the beginning. Lord, I do ask that you be with the uh, service <clears throat> as we gather together for Passover. And Lord, be with him as he preaches the word. In Jesus' name, amen.